Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Indie Pioneers by Cosmetics Design Asia, where we get to hear from some of the most fascinating independent beauty brands from Asia Pacific. On this episode, I am honoured to have as my guest the formidable force behind New Zealand's circular beauty brand Emma Lewisham. Since launching just two and a half years ago, it has made remarkable achievements, becoming a 100% circular and carbon positive beauty brand. In this episode, Emma will share her passion in helping the beauty industry achieve circularity and talk about why recycling is simply not the right solution for our industry. Hi Emma, how are you? Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with me. Hi Amanda, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's really lovely to be here. Fantastic. I think we're going to get a really great episode today. I always love speaking with you, but you know, I... I guess we I realized we've never really had a chat. You know, we're always on a mission, no, we always have these interviews and we had the webinar and all that sort. So I'm just I'm just looking forward to chatting with you. And you know, let's start at the very beginning, right? The a very good place to start. So if I remember right, before you started the brand, you had a very successful corporate career. You know, what drove you to to walk away and start your own beauty brand? You know, I'm just wondering whether was it a tough decision to make or you know, did it just feel, you know, right the right move to make? Well, well, stepping into the unknown always has a level of uncertainty and making that decision to leave the creative boot for such a long time and start evolution, it just felt right. I had prioritised my career for a really long time. I'd been in the corporate in a corporate role as one of the very few female senior executives for a Japanese technology company for eight, nearly nine years. And... I absolutely loved it and I would have stayed on that on that path if it wasn't that I came across you know two problems that I really wanted to solve in beauty and that was natural products that could prove to be as efficacious uh, as synthetic products so be scientifically backed as well as luxurious and of course where we've really championed uh, is within that circular business model of beauty with the current linear model, which is somewhere along the way become acceptable, but is producing over 100 billion units of waste annually and is the largest carbon of carbon emitter in the industry. And it was seeing those two problems that I became incredibly passionate about that saw me sort of fire that cannonball and leave a really safe corporate path for something that was the unknown, but has been an incredibly daring adventure and one that I've absolutely loved and have found real purpose in. Mm. I, it can't be overstated, you know, what, what, you, what you mean by daring, because what you were doing was something that, you know, ha- hadn't been done before, right? Your vision was, I think you were definitely one of the pioneers in this space, you know, and you guys are... Absolutely. Yeah, and you guys are known for your your circular beauty mission. And, you know, ever ever since you launched the brand, it feels like every other brand has been coming up with that sustainable mission, that sustainable message. And we've seen a lot of sustainability claims in in the market today. Uh, But also at the same time, I think we're seeing a lot of misinformation, right? Uh, You know, what are some weaknesses you see in this messaging you see today? I guess the biggest piece of misinformation currently present and sustainability beauty messaging is around recycling. So countless brands do have marketing campaigns in place around how their bottles are recyclable. And while technically this may be true due to the lack of demand to recycle these types of plastic, in reality, almost all of them are filtered out of recycling bins and sent straight to landfill. So unless brands have take-back programs in place, 
where they do invest in programs like TerraCycle, then that material won't be getting recycled. I guess the other thing is that recycling can't be the, the solution. Uh, we can't recycle ourselves out of this mess. There's no a way that we can send this material to. And by recycling, we're still extracting material out of the um, out of the earth, taking more. Um, when we've already got all the material that we need, it already exists, we've already brought it into the world. There's much less carbon intensive energy, water, uh, the, the list goes on. So we have to be thinking above and beyond recycling not being the, the solution to this waste problem and carbon problem that we have in the industry. Sustainability is a really big term and what it means for us is a circular, regenerative and transparent beauty and industry. And those three themes would see a huge elimination to waste, huge reduction to carbon emissions if we're thinking about regeneration. Uh, if we're thinking of carbon positivity and transparency is all about for us understanding what happens in our supply chain, taking ownership for it and ensuring that every step along the way that the people in it are championed and treated well and that we are respectful to the planet quite simply. And we really focus on those three big buckets. But I genuinely believe to be a sustainable beauty brand, that's where circularity is just so key and critical because, again, the biggest emitter of carbon in the industry is the packaging we produce. If we were to move the whole beauty model to a circular model where brands only use refill and close that loop once refills are finished by taking back the material seeing it as precious resource as it is and reusing it versus trying to recycle, the whole system would just get so much cleaner. Yeah, I guess the consumer, they have this mindset, right? Like the moment like I put my bottle into the recycling bin, that's it, I've done it, I've recycled. But they don't understand that from that point onwards, there's a lot of things can go wrong. You know, I feel that there's, a, there's still, it's, it still surprises me that, you know, that a lot, even brands who come up with this, you know, idea of like recycling and all these messages that they still don't understand how difficult it is actually to recycle a product. Consumers are actually really excited and interested in the space. I would say that there would be frustration around misinformation and it not be being easy to be sustainable. And what I've always believed from the get-go is brands, that want to make a difference in the world, first and foremost, have to have excellent products. So although we are pioneers in sustainability, we're also pioneers and have some of the best products in the world. And that means that I'm, I'm not asking a consumer to compromise efficacy or products at all by buying a more sustainable product. And I think that's what all brands need to be, be looking at, especially new brands coming in to the market. So I don't think there's fatigue in sustainability, I think it's more that it can, coming back to the misinformation of being such an overwhelming topic, not understanding really if a brand is sustainable and not being able to cut through that. For us, it's about certifications. Again, it's about really doing the work such as circularity, not things on the fringes like recycling or using a small percentage of recycled material in products, although they're really good steps. And they believe totally in progress uh, of the perfection but 
we do need to be moving quicker and at pace towards a circular model if we are going to meet global climate goals. We cannot continue to operate as humans, as businesses, as we always have and expect to get a different result. We're seeing that that isn't changing. So we do need to be thinking fundamentally different and we have to break this mold of this linear take-make-worst industry that we've created. It's no longer acceptable. You mentioned sustainability fatigue, but do you think there's a risk of it or people getting you know, maybe desensitized to it? Do you think that's a possibility? I, I don't know if they're getting desensitized to it. I think, you know, slowly and by brands that are really doing the work and making it clear to understand and being consistent that that messaging is getting through. I think if anything, consumers would turn away from those types of brands that they don't feel like it's accurate. I think we we underestimate people and people are savvy and smart and can see through things. And they are incredibly powerful. They vote with their wallets and they will start moving away from brands until brands start going, okay, we really have to like do things differently. We have to change. We have to take this, this seriously. Because, you know, like like we mentioned misinformation and, and honestly, some things we do, we, we can't stop brands from actually saying and claiming certain things, right? Would you like to see certain sort of like regulations of what people can say or, you know, even more, more certifications in the in the industry so that um, you know brands cannot make you know false claims almost look I'm also quite an optimistic person and I think a lot of times brands don't realize that they're doing that and they just may not have the information themselves so I think it's incredibly important for brands to take the time to really understand like I still don't think a lot of beauty brands understand that their packaging isn't being recycled I know this because I went out to recycling plants and looked at what happened and asked the questions and understood the topic so I think brands at the moment have to get much more educated in this space and take that time, really take it seriously, do that deep dive to understand what is happening with their packaging that they're creating end of life, what is happening with the decisions they're making, what's happening in their supply chains, understand and do the process that we have done, which is do a complete mapping of the carbon we produce per every product. So we have an understanding of what within transportation, manufacturing, packaging, is where do we create a lot of carbon? The more we can understand and have that information, the more we can bring about changes. So that would be my advice to... Oh, you're so optimistic, Emma. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't feel like it's all about regulating um, and governments. I feel, again, this is a huge movement from consumers who are getting savvier and understanding things. I think the certifications exist, like B Corp. We're B Corp certified. That is a really robust certification. We're independently certified, climate positive. Um, So these, like, living wage certified, the certifications are there uh, and consumers can see if you're a circular business model if your products are refillable and what happens to them into life so I think there's a mix I think at some point the government may have to regulate around types of plastic that are used and making really imparting the responsibility which it should sit with with brands for what they bring into the world ensuring that they're taking ownership for it 
But it's a, I think it's a mix across those three parties, you know, consumer, government and business. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, right, uh, before, you know, as a brand, there's kind of a lot of things you have to consider. And a lot of brands don't know what they have to... I mean, they, sometimes yeah. they go in and they, they realise the scale of it and, you know, it can be quite daunting, right? And I can kind of see this is your thinking behind when you launched your beauty blueprint. Yes, can, can, can yes, you tell that's me, right. So you tell me more about that, sure. you know, what kind sure. of... Um, so, yeah. You know, we've always had a purpose to bring about meaningful change to the beauty industry and why I started Emolution because I could see that it fundamentally was an industry that was needing change. And with that scale and what has to be achieved in beauty to transform it and the impact that we could have by moving the whole beauty industry towards circular, regenerative, transparent industry, it is absolutely enormous. And so when we did a huge amount of work to create a circular business model, which includes all the molds of our packaging that we had to invest in, uh, all of the thinking around how do you put in place systems for consumers to send material back? How do you then sterilize, clean it, and put it back in your supply chain? What are the steps and requirements there? All of this thinking took us three, nearly three years to crack to figure out, to develop these molds, and incredible insights and nuggets that we can give to others, which would speed and accelerate their movement to a circular business model. As well as, again, we're the only brand I know of in the world that has done a climate-positive certification on all of their products where they understand the carbon scores their product has, very similar to what all birds do with their shoes. And we learned a huge amount in that space as well and what is really carbon intensive in our industry. And I'm really passionate about our, our industry moving and we need to do so at pace and at scale. And one beauty brand will not do that alone. And so I said always from the outset, this work we want to share with the industry is something that we want others to benefit from so we can achieve our ultimate purpose. And that's why we put out the Emolution Blueprint last year once we had fully transferred our business to the, the two models I've been talking about and had an incredible response globally from, yeah. Fantastic. Have, have, people, have people reached out to you to, you know, discuss the blueprint? And yes. do you know people yes, who are, you do you know brands who are adopting this model or like, you know, thinking about adopting it? Yeah, I do know brands, and I do know brands. A lot of them are like really accelerating that change to refillables. I think they've become over the last twelve months uh, a lot more prolific, which is great. But we can't just forget about like what happens to the packaging after it's finished with. We still have to close that loop in a circular model. So, but progress is being made, which is good. I still think it needs to be faster. Um, so we will continue to push the industry that way, um, lead by example, um, be generous with the information we have so that collectively we can create what really is a truly beautiful beauty industry, which is not what it is at the moment. A couple of months ago, you were one of the panelists on our latest webinar on circular beauty, and we had a very open discussion about you know competition versus collaboration. You know, and and of course, you are definitely I'm assuming on the side of collaboration. Do you think that we all have to really band together in order to solve this this problem? Like, is we there's no uh, man is an island, right? Absolutely, absolutely, collaboration. We're strong believers 
that to play our part in meeting global climate targets, we must place collaboration over competition. And that's why we shared our IP on our circular and climate positive practices industry-wide. And that is about helping others not fast track their transition. But with the state the world is in at the moment and what is needed to meet global climate goals, we have to put collaboration first. Uh, during our webinar, you did mention that uh, at the end of the day, it's also about good products, about developing yes. good products. That you, you can't expect the consumer to compromise, right? No, no. And we never will ask them to. We will promise world-class products and our products outperform the most iconic brands in the world and are incredibly powerful. We formulate fundamentally very different to the industry uh, where we take a look at the physiology of the skin. We understand how it works. It's very complex complex multiple pathways we create a blueprint for the skin and how we need to talk to it what mechanisms we need to achieve then we go and look and look for ingredients and why you'll see up to 24 ingredients in our products active ingredients is because yes powerfully individually but in synchrony they it's looking at it like a one plus one plus one equals ten they just deliver such elevated results we're thinking about that skin first versus looking at ingredients, competitors and trends. So we're really proud of what our products do and have the science and the testing from end to end, you know, developed by science and were proven by science. Okay, the brand is about two years old now? Two and a half years old. old. So I, it's, it's so, it sounds so young, but you guys have really achieved so much right like absolutely what, yes yeah, but what is what's next for you guys is there like when looking inwards and reflecting do you think that you guys there's something you guys could do better or what is your next goal we are a hugely ambitious team that's why we've achieved so much in such a short amount of time we originate in new zealand so we produce all of our products here in new zealand and the markets that we are really strong on at within currently uh, Australia and New Zealand and the UK. We do have a really large clientele in Asia, particularly in Singapore, that we ship from New Zealand uh, at the moment too, which is, is great. But we're very much focused on three markets at the moment, which is the UK, New Zealand and Australia, in terms of developing our retail footprint there. Uh, and... That is because if you're trying to be everywhere at once, you're not going to do anything justice. And so we are focused on our strategy and what we are doing from a business perspective. And then forging on a huge innovation that we're bringing within our packaging, there's still so much we want to improve and do better there. So that ultimately, yeah, so we've got the next 6, 12 months, sort of what would be the pinnacle of packaging in terms of its sustainability profile um, being rolled out. So again, more that we'll share with the industry uh, when, once we come out with that. But I think that shows that so much can be achieved in such short amount of time if brands are willing to really commit um, to this area of their business. So continue to be a force for good in the work that we do, which has been fueling our growth. And so it's a very exciting path and journey ahead of us. And you'll also be producing new products because you've been you've had a few a few new products over the past couple of months already. We bring out products if we feel we can bring an in innovation to the category or this product that a customer asks for. So 
we have a very tight edit of products, 10 products, and we will bring new products out, but they are very considered. Again, we don't want to add to the waste problem. We have fundamentally some some fantastic products that deliver so many benefits, and so it's whether it's, whether it's needed. We're trying to keep things simple for our customers as well in terms of their routine and not overcomplicate things. So it's a mix. We're really considered. Definitely. I think that's the way to go, right? Yeah, you don't want to just put out products there for... Sometimes people don't even need to use that many products anyway. No, I agree. I agree. And again, we're not a trends-based brand or ingredient. So we're about the skin and its physiology and understanding how to solve a problem. And so we don't jump on trends or ingredient trends because we don't fundamentally formulate like that. And you don't get a strong result by focusing on one ingredient in a product. Definitely, right. And will we ever mm. see an Emma Lewisham like, flagship store one day, you think? <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's not on our horizon in the next five years, but maybe after that. Never say never. Very pretty. Very cool with all the purple and pink. Exactly, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> think of the beautiful I'd space, like actually. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it would be fun to do, maybe one day. Yeah. Oh, and and you know, uh, you know, every, I ask everyone who to come on the sh- to who comes on the podcast if they have any other brands, uh, beauty brands, independent beauty brands that they admire, sort of like a you know, um, kind of like a passing the baton kind of a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was wondering whether yeah. you have any brand that you think you know that you admire. I met the um, Natasha, who's the founder of Conserving Beauty which I think is interesting, what they want to solve in terms of water usage and with their dissolving face wipes and masks. So I found that, I find that concept really intriguing and what they're doing there and their work and their passion, their commitment. So I would say them. Wow, fantastic. It's very interesting. Australian brand. Well, I have to check them out. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's like a a baby wipe or? Yes. The makeup wipe. It dissolves water. But they're all fantastic. They're so interesting. Because they obviously cause so, there's so much waste with wipes, and so it's so it's so innovative. So I love that. Fantastic. I'll definitely have to check them out, Emma, and I'll let them know that you sent me there. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank well, Emma, you. thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. it. Was this was really a treat speaking to you? Oh, thank you, Amanda. Thank you very much for the opportunity. No, I look forward to seeing, you know, what else, uh, you know, you guys got up in the next few months. And looking forward to your new packaging yes. now. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to share it with you. We've been working for 12 months on it. It's been incredibly difficult. It's it's such a challenging space. So I, I get it. Uh, there's so many trade-offs. It's not black and white. So many complexities. So we're really proud of what we're going to be doing next. Well, fantastic. I I can't wait. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. This has been Amanda for CosmeticsDesignAsia.com. Join me again in the next episode for more conversations with beauty's indie pioneers.